everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm your sole co-host today, Michael Branvold. Jay's traveling on business, so I'm flying solo. And uh, before we get into today's fascinating interview with Bruce from Hypebot, Bands in Town, and Skyline, uh, just a quick shout out to all of our supporters and sponsors. Of course, thank you to Bruce and Hypebot and Bands in Town for everything they do. And of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com, built by musicians, for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, and of course, social media integrations and amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So Bandzoogles put together a great little offer for all of our listeners of the Music Biz Weekly podcast head over to bandzoogle.com, sign up, try it for free for 30 days. And when you check out, use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, thank you to discmakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts, online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. People over at Disc Makers have put together a great little offer for all the Music Biz Weekly listeners out there. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. So as I mentioned at the top of the show here this week, I'm joined by Bruce from Hypebot, Bands in Town and Skyline. It's been a while since we've had Bruce on the show. So it's great to have him back. And uh, this is a great discussion with somebody who's in the trenches, sadly in the trenches, dealing with everything that's going on right now with COVID and shows returning and shows being canceled and shows being postponed. So we sit down with Bruce, I should say, I sit down with Bruce this week and we get a full update from him on everything that he's experiencing, everything he's seen. And uh, man, what are we looking forward to here in the future here? So let it roll and I'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. So I want to welcome Bruce back to the show. I don't know how many times you've been on, Bruce. This is three, four times. Three or four, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bruce from uh, Hypebot, Bands in Town, and Skyline, and I don't know what else have you got your, your fingers into. Uh, Berkeley. I te- I run a there course and teach for there, Berkeley College. There you go. Business. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so let's just, you know, last week Jay and I kind of did our own just discussion of wow, you know, shows are starting to cancel. Uh, I'm not sure "cancel" is the right word. A lot of them are being postponed. Correct. Um, but clearly, the impact of COVID is coming back um more more than most people anticipated definitely more than we had hoped for absolutely you know i think and you can tell me if i'm wrong but a year ago at this time we were all sitting there going yeah by by late summer of 2021 we'll be fine 
back up full speed. Everything's going to be fine. And, and frankly, you know, earlier this summer, it kind of felt like we were going to be there. And then, you know, and I, and, and, and I don't want, I don't want to go all political here, but of course the Delta variant caught us all with our pants down, basically, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we, there was a moment um, in spring, early spring where people were getting vaccinated. Um, people were booking shows, bands were, you know, confirming small tours, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of us got um, money from SVOG. A lot of the venues and, and some of the agents got money from SVOG. We thought we were on a great trajectory. And I was a little personally afraid of what would happen when winter came and we went indoors. But there seemed to be no question that we were going to have a great summer or summer and fall. And then, of course, the Delta hit. People didn't get vaccinated perhaps as quickly as we thought they would. And, and it's a mess now. I mean, I rescheduled something for the fourth time yesterday. Um, so it's it's pretty tough. And, and what's hard is it's not even that everything is canceling because it's not like, you know, it was in the spring of March of 2020. It's very spotty and it's yeah. it's happening at the last minute, which is painful for the artist. You know, um, you know, I give you an example. We had a Carl Palmer, Emerson, Lake and Palmer tour and three of the dates are with Alan Parsons. And so Carl's bringing his band over to the U.S. And then Alan Parsons pretty much not quite at the last minute, in fairness, decides that he doesn't want to come because he's un he feels it's unsafe. But that makes the whole tour unprofitable. And so instead of canceling three dates, I'm canceling nine. Um, and uh, it's it's just it's it's everything is like that, you know. And and then I have four artists who, you know, feel an obligation to go play a date, but they're actually going to lose money playing the date because they lost one of the three dates on the three-day run or something like that. So it's 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 not easy. It you know, and and it seems like a lot of what we're you're correct. What we're seeing are, are, are it's not across the board like last March. Um, it's more of, oh, you know, this artist just announced that one person or a handful of people on their crew became infected and they, you know, they're canceling the next three dates or they're going into quarantine for 10 days and then they're coming back. There's been a few major tours, you know, Garth Brooks being one of mm -hmm. them who basically just said, Nope, I'm just not doing it. We're pushing it back. And, and I, and, and maybe you can add to this, but it seems to me what we're talking about is pretty much localized to the United States. I mean, I'm not seeing world tours happening right now because, yeah. you know, the rest of the world, as bad as we are, there's countries that are even worse off and bad as I mean, you know, vaccinations and everything else. I mean, we feel good that we've gotten as many people vaccinated as we have, but there's some countries that are just so much worse off than we are right now. And how, how can an artist realistically even think about touring outside of the U.S. at this point? Yeah, there's there's virtually no international touring happening. I mean, BTS was the one that, you know, just canceled last week. Um, you know, everybody was trying to do local or regional touring. I know even, you know, artists from England who weren't, aren't going to Central Europe uh, for, for the, that reason. So it was, all of the activity was relatively local to the country or maybe a three country region. And uh, you're right, it's, it's, there was even less of it than there was going to be in the US, but it's bad everywhere. Yeah, and, and it, it seems like some of this is driven correct me if I'm wrong, by overall kind of confusion, maybe is the right word, maybe not the right word. But, you know, I'm sure you read stuff within the industry here that doesn't bubble up to the US USA Today's and the Wall Street Journal's when they post their big articles about what's going on. But seems like there's, you know, what are the COVID protocols that bands are supposed to be following, that promoters are supposed to be following, that venues are supposed to be following? Um, are they following them? Are they taking them there seriously? You know, it seems like there's a lot of that confusion going on behind the scenes, which might be leading to what we're dealing with now. Yeah, I actually had an, the, the rules are changing minute to minute or day to day, I actually had an instance where the rule changed 
within the, they wanted um, testing within 48 hours or 72 hours, sorry. And I was with, and the artist was within the 72 hours and he had one person in his band who had, had not uh, been, been vaccinated and we didn't have time to get the test. I mean, I had to go, you know, we dealt with it. I, I stomped on somebody's desk basically, but uh, it, you know, it's, it's changing so much. The other thing that's happening is that um, ticket sales are suffering. I mean, I have shows that are selling, if they didn't sell in advance, if they're the kind of show that's maybe sells in the last week, two weeks, month even, they're selling half of what they were before. And, and half is, a you know, I'm using that in broad terms, but, but it's clearly selling less than it was before. And that's hurting things too. You know, we're not going into points, promoters are getting scared, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that, you know, we attribute to fans going, well, I don't, A, I don't know what the protocol is, but even if I do know what the protocol is, I don't necessarily feel safe. And you can't blame anybody for that, for that either. I mean, all of this is, is totally understandable, but if you're an artist out trying to make a living, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. And it's not, I'm sure it's not fun for fans either. No, uh, you know, as, as you know, I was talking last week with Jay, I was hoping in September to go see three shows, but, and, and I'm fully vaccinated. My wife's fully vaccinated, but I've got a seven-year-old daughter who of course isn't vaccinated. Right. So I'm, I wouldn't be worried if it was just myself going to an outdoor shed. Um, but I'm now very worried. That's like, I could go to that outdoor shed, bring it back and infect her and because of that, I'm not going to go to these shows. I'm not, sure. you know, even though I am vaccinated. And, and I think that's, I, you're right. I think from the consumer stand side of things, there's uncertainty, there's fear, there's, uh, you know, you could, you could run down a litany of, of, of valid reasons. But yeah, I imagine it's, it's hurting, you know, the walk-up sales, basically. You know, unless the like you said, unless these were tickets that were sold a year ago when the show was first moved, if you're launching a brand new show or short tour and hoping to sell your tickets now, it's got to be pretty scary, I would imagine. Yeah, very. And like I say, I think half is the number that we sort of hear across the board, not just from us, but from other agents. And of course, that's very unscientific. But but in other words, a, a, a club artist that might sell 800 tickets is selling 400 tickets, unless, as you say, they were sold, you know, a year ago, or even even six months ago. I mean, frankly, if it went on sale in May or April, and you sold that half a house that you might have sold, uh, you know, on the on sale, it trickled in a little bit. And now you might be okay. But if you went on sale, if you didn't sell that half a house, um, you know, or you went on sale later, you're, you're just in trouble. I mean, I, I was looking at some, I get ticket counts every sure. week sure. for all of the 60 artists on the roster. And it's historic. So I can see in a column, of what did we sell the week before, the week before, the week before. I was looking at one after another that, you know, had sold two tickets in a thousand seat venue in two weeks. You know, I mean, it's, wow. it's just, and these are not, you know, these are bands that I know would do at least 80% of a house and now right. they're lucky right. to do 50. So it's, I, and again, I, you can't blame anyone, but you look at yourself and you go, I mean, that my, it's a horrible story to say, this is my favorite story, but the thing that sticks in my mind is one of my agents got a phone call from a promoter who said, Mark, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm killing people. And he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I had, I, I have a, a, a thousand seat standing room only club. I did two hip hop shows over the last two weeks. And there wasn't a, you know, there was less than 10% of the people were masked. Uh, you know, he, this per particular promoter, and I apologize if this is political said, I actually avoided booking any country shows because I didn't want to have to deal with that. I, I, I wanted the audience, but then I looked out, out in the audience and I see, you know, you know, 900 people without masks on within inches of each other. So it's, there's just nothing, nothing feels right, you know, and as horrible as it was, and as horrible as it was for business and, and everyone in March of 2020, it was cut and dry. 
You we knew. That it, yeah, you knew. And you didn't know how long. And of course, it went much longer than we thought it did. But but you knew. And you knew you were doing the right thing. And you didn't argue. And anybody who did argue to heck with them. And But now it's just not so simple. And, you know, let's face it, those of us who, you know, got vaccinated early, et cetera, there's a part of and, and we're afraid to go to shows. How do I say to an artist, you should go do a show when I'm afraid to go to the show myself? I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very, so, you know, fortunately, you know, all of these artists were, most of us, them anyway, were, have been with us for years and we have very honest conversations, but it's, it's weird, it's hard. Are you having conversations with your artists where it's like, okay, you need to take a stand and require vaccines for admittance masks for admittance you know almost going above and beyond what the venue or the promoter might require i mean is it is it getting to that point where people are just like i don't want to get political but damn for me to have an ongoing business here i gotta i gotta pull that trigger gotta do it yeah i mean uh, we we took the attitude early on to push our artists to get to get themselves vaccinated and that worked with 98% accuracy, if you will, and 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 uh, and and in some cases it was clearly um, a uh, financial decision, almost more than a you know like they were hesitating and right. the fact that you know they couldn't go out and tour or tour safely uh, pushed them over the edge. As far as what the and then we're of course working with the venues to make sure that the artist is safe. But we do have, I leave it to the artists on a case-by-case -case basis. And we absolutely have some who are saying, I'm not going to play a venue unless it's unless uh, there's proof of vaccination. Or, you know, everybody, again, it's just like the rules for the club. Some are proof of vaccination. Some are proof of vaccination or a test for 72 hours, a test for 48 hours, within 48 hours. We've been seeing that more often lately. Um, you know, City Winery, a lot of our artists love that policy, and we've been suggesting it, but we don't force it. Well, a couple of artists have forced it. You, you're going to wear a mask unless you're sitting in your seat. You know, if you're sitting in your seat, that's fine. But if you're moving around the venue, we want you to wear a mask. Um, so it's, you know, that's, we leave it to the artists, and then we try, like everything else, we try and do what they want us to do, represent their their opinions. Do you think from a, an industry standpoint, purely for business, business reasons, that we need to go to requiring vaccines and masks? Yeah, I mean, I don't see, if you if you told me I had to wear a mask at a, while I'm sitting in my seat and watching a show for the whole thing, I, I, I'll be honest and say, as much as I know I probably should, I think that's kind of a bummer. That's a bridge too far. But just, it's, it, just short of that, I agree with you completely. You know, I mean, and and if I were doing a general admission show, I don't know where I'd stand with that. You know, I I, I think maybe it is wearing masks, wearing wearing masks as well. The thing that's tricky though is like so. For example, you have AG who has the hardest policy across the board as of October of a major promoter. As of October first, you've got to be vaccinated or you don't get in. You've got a two week window to get your money back. That's the end of it. You know, take it or leave it. But a quick, quick, quick aside to that. Does that also require the artists and their crew to be vaccinated? Because as, you, yes, as we know, so, there's yeah. a small percent. And, 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 and I look at it this way, NFL, the coaches right. and the staff have to be vaccinated, but the right. football players don't. Well, right. it's sort of like, okay, right. what's, yeah, what I are mean, we I'll, solving? I'll tell you the honest answer to that. It's case by case. And, mo but, and most promoters are turning a blind eye. Uh, to, to what the artist is doing. As long as the artist understands the, the overall policy, they're not necessarily checking for the artist, which is not right and it's not fair, but I can tell you for a fact that it's true. You know, that they're not, they're, 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 they're telling the artist this is the rule, but as far as the artist is concerned, they're not necessarily enforcing it. And I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that either, but, but you know, that's their, you know, when it comes down to that hard dollars and cents of canceling a show because the drummer isn't vaccinated, um, they're probably not going to cancel the show. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, right. that, 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 that's what I've looked at here in in what's going on is like, you know, you you get the the major bands like the Garth Brooks. Okay, I mm -hmm. mean, financially, he can survive moving everything. 
But then you get like one of the very first bands that this came out was Buck Cherry. You know, Buck right. Cherry had a couple band members were vaccinated, but they still got it and they had right. to cancel two weeks worth yeah, of shows. Yeah, I had that too. Yeah. Two weeks worth of shows to a band like Buck Cherry is critical. Yeah, particularly after a year when you didn't play any shows. You know, right. I mean, this, you, you finally go, wow, at least I can catch up on my mortgage and bam, it's out the window. I mean, Again, there's, you know, the answer is get vaccinated, be careful, et cetera. I mean, we're putting mass, one, one thing pretty universally, uh, we're putting mass mandates behind, uh, you know, backstage. So in other words, I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. I don't care, but if your crew, hey, no one's getting backstage other than band and crew and house crew. No, no meet and greet, no friends, no, your, go out front and meet your mother. I don't care. Uh, and then, and, and if you are backstage, unless you're on stage, you're wearing a mask. And we've, that's been pretty universal and the venues don't argue about that. So that's frankly our little way of trying to keep the band safe and, and the crew safe as well. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's just a, a, a confusing mess, but back to AG. So they put together, you know, this aggressive before, you know, uh, not allowing us of October 1st, I believe it is, um, the the 72 hour um, uh, test, which a lot of people allow. Just you've got to prove you've been vaccinated. But they've got AG venues in states that you know have laws against mass mandates, and they're going to try it there and see what happens. But beyond that, a lot of AG and Live Nation shows happen in venues that they don't control. So even though they're the promoter of of record, they if they're particularly if they're, a, I'll just say in Florida, as an example, and they're in Florida, you know, they're all, the governor's doing all kinds of things to keep um, people from allowing mass mandates. And then you're in a venue in Florida that doesn't have its own mask mandate or is publicly funded partially and doesn't want to argue with the governor. And so all of AG's complaint just goes out the window and there, and there are no rules or there are whatever rules the, the venue. So, you know, all of the good intentions in the world become a mess. And that's why you have guys like Jason Isbell who will play two shows, cancel another show. You know, he's not playing Bristol Rhythm and Roots, which for Americana Act is a, you know, a top tier festival. And I'm sure he's giving up tens of thousands of dollars, if not close to $100,000 for not doing it. But they didn't have a strong mass mandate. They're in Tennessee where mass mandates are tough, tough to enforce. And so he's not going to play the show. And but yet he's playing two other shows that week in places that will allow him to do it in a certain way. You know, so that I was going to ask you. So are you starting to see artists? Are you starting to route tours of any length where they're like, let's avoid these states? Let's avoid these cities. If if they can't do it the way we feel comfortable, we will not play in Florida. Honestly, yeah, honestly, it works both ways. I mean, we have artists who say, I'll take a date in Florida because it's unlikely to get canceled, right? And then we have artists that say, I don't want to play in Florida because it's not safe to play. So, you know, we, you know, I have my own thoughts and we share them with the artists, but we ultimately do what they ask us to do. And they're, you know, What's my advice on that one? My advice is if you can't stay home, then you follow your conscience and we'll try and, you know, represent whatever that may be. Now, do you think what we're dealing with is is a case of we have to get to the point of learning how to manage the situation we're in? Because it it, it seems, I mean, as we know, and it's always been known, you can be vaccinated, but you can still get infected you're much less likely to have a severe reaction. You're much mm -hmm. less likely to end up in the hospital or even die versus an unvaccinated person. I mean, the facts are just clear to yeah. that. Yeah. And it seems like COVID, you know, sadly, knock on wood, is going to be here forever, sort of like the flu. Yeah. It just migrates yearly to a different variant, and there'll probably be mm -hmm. a booster to address that. And as a world, we've learned to live with the flu, as bad as it can be. We've learned right. to live with it. Are, is this a case of, all right, we've got to figure out just how to manage and learn to live with COVID infections, where maybe it's a bit 
overreacting when one crew member gets infected, but they're vaccinated and nobody else is infected, that it's an overreaction to cancel two weeks worth of dates. But is that because we just don't know exactly what we're dealing with right now? And eventually it'll get to the point where it's like, oh, you're 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 vaccinated. We're all vaccinated. You got it. Stay in the bus for the next whatever. And the show goes on. I mean, is that what we're going to move towards? Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps that's the case when uh, children can be vaccinated. Yes. You know, in other words, where we're not like. You know, I don't have children, I don't have grandchildren, but that's sort of the one thing. I don't want to be an irresponsible citizen and give it to some six-year-old. That's that's so when that's when that fear is gone, you may well be right. I mean, I will say that I've thought several times that when I hear a band canceling because one crew member got it, I've I've thought to myself, I I wonder if there's another reason because you should you yes. could leave that crew member in a hotel room and have him meet you a week later or whatever the heck it is. Test everybody, which, you know, at least do a rapid test on everybody and decide if you should move forward. So I often wonder, you know, often in these cases, and I'm not trying to be cynical, but, you know, people are canceling tours uh, because of COVID. But I also are they also canceling them because of weak ticket sales? which also may be because of COVID. So, but nobody wants to ever say I didn't sell enough tickets. So yeah, it's always, I was, was, was going to ask you, yeah. you know, there, there are those rumors out there again, basically behind the scenes within the industry that some right. of these people who are using that excuse of somebody was infected and we're canceling two weeks worth of shows. Well, the real reason is you didn't sell tickets and therefore yeah, you've got a new excuse to use, basically, right. as to why right. your show didn't happen. It, it doesn't sound good right. that I'm not popular enough to sell a thousand tickets. People are going to have sympathy when you say, I didn't do it because of COVID. You know, are, are you, is your feeling there there is some of that going on? Yeah, there is definitely some of that. Although, in fairness to uh, some of those people, they may not be selling tickets because of COVID. You know, I mean, in other words, that sure. in a normal time, they could sell that extra 20% that would be profitable. And they're not, go- they're afraid they're not going to because of COVID. But it's def- definitely one way or the other. Some people, I know for a fact, some people are using this as an excuse i mean you know it'll be interesting to see if all those postponed dates actually play uh in a post-covid world but you know it's this is a game that everybody's always played um now like you said there's a new excuse exactly sadly it's just it's a new excuse you can use for the next few months but eventually that's not going to work when we get to that point where it's being managed better more people are now vaccinated And you can look and go, well, all these other bands are now continuing on and having no problems. At some point, someone's going to go, yeah, it's not COVID anymore, people. It's we're back to you just can't draw people. Yeah. I mean, the thing that we that one of the things I find interesting or difficult in addition to all of this about this is. What a band was in 2019 is not what a band is in 2022. Are they going to be able to sell the same number of tickets? And it's all kinds of different things. You know, is the, the in, I deal with a lot of classic rock artists, has the audience aged out, you know, for some of them or, or become because of COVID forever are going to be less likely to go to shows. And then we have younger bands who have had you know, good run during COVID in, in terms of Spotify or YouTube or live streams or whatever, but we don't know if they can sell tickets or, and certainly the promoters don't know if we can sell tickets. So it's almost like, you know, all the stats and everything that we all talk about, they feel like they're they're not necessarily valid, at least in terms of what they mean in terms of selling tickets. Because we all know that there's a path from great Spotify to selling tickets, but it's not a direct line. It's not, right. a, it's not a guarantee by any means. So, you know, it, it, as I say, it, you know, what is the industry going to look like, you know, in 22 or 23, who are the bands that are going to sell or not sell? And, you know, trust me, I am, you know, these bands aren't going away. Music isn't going away. The venues aren't going away, but you know, what kind of venues they should be playing, how successful they're going to be, et cetera. All that is just in a, in a state of flux that in all my years of doing this, I, you know, I have no idea, you know, I just don't have any idea. I, I literally sometimes have conversations where I say, well, what do you think they're worth? <laughs> because yeah, I can't necessarily make an honest assessment of 
I can't guarantee you that seven months ago they played down the street and sold 500 tickets. And now three years later, they're going to do the same thing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, people are creatures of habit. And, and prior to COVID, it was a creature of habit of knowing, hey, my band is always coming on tour. Every spring, every fall, there's a shed tour. There's this, there's mm -hmm. this. I know I can see them. And now we've basically, you know, we're going to be approaching two years of breaking that habit completely. Mm -hmm. And our consumer is going to be like, well, you know what? I just, I don't need to go to shows anymore. That's right. I, 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 I realize I'm just as happy now, you know, I can watch them online I can get my DVD. I can go to YouTube. I can get their music. You know, I can buy the shirt from their store. Um, I don't need that, you know, ordeal of going to show. I mean, it, it, it takes me back to just pre COVID. I went to, um, ELO, Jeff Lynn's ELO in, in 2019. And, you know, I hadn't gone to a lot of major, I've been to shows with my clients, which is different, mm -hmm. but as a pure fan, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go buy the tickets. We're going to, and I got to tell you, I had basically sticker shock, right. you know, I pull up to the arena and I'm like $40 just to park. Right. Jesus Christ. You know, and you're taking credit cards to park. It's not cash. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and you know, and no <laughs> nosebleed seats, two nosebleed seats, literally right. nosebleeds were like, four hundred dollars yeah yeah and yeah. then to buy the t-shirt and the tour book was another 150 bucks and then oh right. you want some drinks for you and your wife and you know all of a sudden it was you know seven eight hundred dollar evening and i'm like it's a great show but good lord yeah yeah that's a habit i don't need to be doing that's right <laughs> That's, that's Every some month. pretty good bottles of wine yeah exactly <laughs> so you know maybe in, in, in a, in a, in a bad way, COVID is breaking that, that habit that we've had about, yeah, we'll go see a band. We'll go see them. Then we know they're coming. Now it's like, yeah, they're coming back, but I don't need to, I don't really. Yeah. Need yeah. To. And I think, I think if you add, like you guys were talking last week, I, I listened in and about uh, meet and greets. I mean, they're gone you know, or, or they should be gone, at least for the foreseeable future. And if your motivation to spend a bunch of money was to go have that moment with the artist, well, that's gone now. So, you know, I, I, I sort of believe that, you know, we're going to have to work a little harder um, in once it really comes back to make shows an event to give fans value. You know, it may be packaging, it may be more reasonable pricing, it may be, you know, meet and greets that are not Oh, exorbitant. I, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think we're going to have to experiment with that because the you're right. People have gotten out of the habit. Well, yeah. You know, I, I know plenty of friends of mine who their habit has become, they only want to do the meet the VIP, even if it's not meeting right. the band, they want to do a VIP because right. it's easier buying your ticket. You get a special parking area, you get treated mm -hmm. better. They like that treatment and they right. don't go to shows if they can't get it. So I did want to ask you about the meet and greets, because in my mind, uh, again, I feel like they shouldn't be happening right now. And again, for the the A-list artists to cancel their meet and greets, eh, it's not a big financial dent to them. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be just fine. Back to but the Buck Cherries of the world, that meet and greet could be a a big difference in where they're spending the night on the road, where they're eating, what, you know, how much money they have in their pockets. And are you seeing, well, I guess here's, here's what I'm seeing. I mean, people like kiss are still doing meet and greets. Now they're standing behind plexiglass, a plexiglass wall, right. and you're in front of them. And, and part of me is like, well, Hey, who am I to tell somebody not to spend your money if it makes you happy? But then the other right. part of me, as as the person who I remember back to two thousand three when I created that very first meet and greet, I'm like, right, I know. this is all about value. It's an experience. It's a personal connection. Did we just turn it into going to the zoo and seeing your favorite artist standing in a plexiglass bubble? You know. Is that where it's going to go? Is that just a stopgap? 
And what are you seeing for smaller artists who depend on meet and greets? Are they trying to still get by with them or are they just- No, I don't, I don't have a single artist that's doing meet and greets right now. Not, not a single one of the 60 that's doing meet and greets. And for some of them, you know, if you're talking act that makes 2000 a night, that meet and greet might be another 25 or yeah. 40, 30 to 40%. For Even for an act that's making five to 15,000, it's 10 or 20% additional in revenue that they're that they're throwing out the window or not throwing out the window, but not but, getting. Right. They're not collecting. Um, but I, I honestly, at this particular moment, don't have anybody that's doing them. There are some that have... Um, committed to try to do them by mid fall, but I don't know what I, what I, whether I think they're going to happen or not. I do have, most of them are still selling merch. I have one that <laughs> stands just sort of off, you know, backstage, if you will, near the merch and a crew member in a mask ferries things back and forth for him to sign. Uh, and, you know, so that he can, they can get the personalized sure, whatever, but that, you know, that's the compromise that they're trying to, it's not a meet and greet, but, but at least they can sign stuff at the merch table. But, you know, most of them are just virtual, nobody's doing them and virtually all of them say, you know, forget it. We're not. So we're you're, not you're, you're not even seeing artists that, go out to their merch table and stand behind the merch table and meet the fans. And that's no. not even happening. No. You, and that's, and that's horrible. I mean, uh, it's, they have to do it yeah. because they have to stay safe, but from a marketing or fan connection perspective or the fans perspective, it's horrible. And let me say the artists miss it too. I had one say to me, I freaking love being on stage. And then I hated the fact that I couldn't hug anybody afterwards. You know, and it's, you know, because they're used to, right. you know, hugging Connect, their fans. Connecting getting, to their fans, exactly. getting that feedback. So, yeah. Right. Are are you um, seeing artists that are trying to think of how the meet and greet world is going to evolve here? Because I can't imagine it's going to go away permanently. There's just, as we know from the business, there's too much money in the meet and right. greet world. But like everything, meet and greets, concerts, everything, nothing is going back to what it was pre-2020. Right. I don't care who's telling you what, we will right. never go back to the way it was. So what is it going to evolve to? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I would say on the bands in town side, you know, my work with bands in town more than Skyline, we're starting to see artists doing more virtual meet and greets. And we did some during the pandemic with artists during the, that, um, weren't able to get together to play so that they could connect with their fans that way, either one band member, but often multiple band members, multiple locations. But what we're starting to see now is somebody saying, we're not doing any meet and greet on the tour, but um, you know, we'll do periodic digital meet and greets. I haven't seen anybody yet. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised to be honest with you, who ha isn't trying to do a virtual meet and greet on a nightly basis, you know, like, the the afternoon of the show or something right. like that in, in some fashion. So I, I think you're going to see, you know, they've, everybody's figured out how to live stream to one degree or another. I think you're going to see them playing with that um, format. And I, I think that's smart. Um, regarding live streaming, do you think we're, we as in the fans and the consumers are hitting a live stream overkill? Like we're getting a little tired i mean you know from the business side of things it seems like every couple of weeks there's a new company hitting me up going hey we've got the solution week and i yeah i'm thinking of my i just got one last week oh we've got the ability to do virtual meet and greets i'm like well this is nothing new virtual right. meet and meet and, frankly it's just zoom that's all right. virtual meet and greet is zoom pretty that's much, it. Yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. much you know yeah. um are we getting to the overkill oversaturation of live streaming to the point where that needs to evolve to the next step? Well, I mean, I think like I can tell you again from the bands in town side, you know, where we list virtually everybody's <laughs> live stream and we listed just over a hundred thousand from March to now. Right. Wow. Um, and um, and by, I think, I think the number's third, around 30,000 artists. So some of them did a lot and some of them did one, et cetera. But anyway, the number that are on the platform is exponentially down and I don't have exact numbers. I, I looked at it roughly the other day where at the same time, we've got 
at the moment, we've got half a million live shows up on the platform. We're almost up to where we were before going forward. So yeah, there's definitely, artists are definitely doing fewer live streams. Um, and I, and I, yes, I think that's a combination of they, they're not necessarily doing as well as they did before or they did them, or, you know, there's also an anticipation of we're going out to play live. So I probably shouldn't do this. What we see, and this is, it's way too early to call any of these things a trend, but what we see is more people using them, uh, as I said, for meet and greets, tour announcements are, are big. They'll do a short show, maybe not charge, maybe charge a little, but you know, do a short show and, and, and a little Q&A and, and announce a tour. We're also seeing artists that are doing either periodic dates or they're on their tour or more. I mean, again, it's so early because stories are getting canceled and moved around, et cetera. But what we started to see was artists saying, we're gonna do the last date of our tour or near the last date of our tour so that everybody else who didn't go to the show because they lived in South Dakota where right. we didn't go or whatever, they can see it. I think here's, you'll see a lot of that. I know that, um, I know that that's what record labels are hoping happen that, you know, the, because if you're a label, you could do a 50 city tour and the label wish you did a hundred city tour. They're just, you know, they want you out there all the time. So they're hoping that placed at the right time in the tour. And usually it's, it's at the end um, that you'll do the, that live stream. So those fans in the other markets can come see them, you know, and there's all kinds of reason, you know, it, um, Fabrice from Bands in Town likes to say, I wonder if um, live streaming is going to be the new general admission. So in other words, when the show sells out or is close to selling out, is there a new live, a new, um, uh, you know, low price ticket that anybody can get to? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, we don't really know. But I, I, as much as there are way fewer or uh, many fewer live streams than there were before, I don't think it's going away. And I think everybody's just experimenting with how it works. Unfortunately, you know, we're starting an experiment at another time of upheaval. So I don't know how quickly we'll know, um, you know, what works and what doesn't. And yeah, there are too many live streaming companies. I mean, uh, in a year, half of them will be merged or gone or whatever. I'm, I'm almost sure. So yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, I I always sit here and go, well, what's what makes you different than the six others that are already ahead of you? Mm -hmm. And it better be a really compelling difference that nobody else has thought about, which again, is the, it's got to evolve. You know, Jay and I did that, that, that episode where we reviewed the live stream that Kiss did on New Year's Eve. It's like mm -hmm. fabulous, amazing, but bands need to sit back and go live streaming is not just turning the camera on a live show as we attested to when we reviewed the kiss show, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't do it that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't stand in an empty venue and go, let me hear you. Cause you're right. never going to hear all of the people right. streaming. Right. Um, I think that's what it's got to come down to these live stream companies, the bands, the managers, everybody's got to sit here and go, well, how do you know maybe live streaming isn't even about doing a live performance it's a com it's a completely separate thing something we do that hasn't been done somebody who said gee here's a crazy idea don't laugh at it and everybody goes not crazy not laughing at it why haven't we thought about it you know well, and i think yeah i think that um you know, my, fav my favorite live streams and the ones that we saw you know on, on with bands in town we did a th almost a thousand live streams on Twitch, right? With with all kinds of artists, Amanda Palmer and a lot of developing artists. And then we did 400 live streams on that Bansontown 390 or something on that Bansontown Plus channel, which was a subscriptions channel. We did all these over the course of 15, 16 months. And the thing that we things that we saw, with with some exceptions, the things that we saw the the audience just really react to, you know, the chat go crazy, et cetera or when they felt that they were seeing something that they couldn't see anywhere else. So in other words, not even, you go to a concert, it's a great live show, it's got lights, et cetera. That's never gonna translate as well onto your television screen, even if you've got a great sound bar and it's just not gonna be the same. But when you've got the, you know, um, 
lead singer of Head and the Heart just playing acoustic and telling you stories and chuckling when he screws up a chord. And, you know, that's when you're seeing something that you just wouldn't see otherwise. Right. You know, right. when, when we did Amanda Palmer in the middle of her set, her son came in a Halloween costume and knocked her off the piano stool. You know, I mean, it came running into her. You know, that was it. That was yeah. that, that was really early. And I thought, okay, I never have to see another live stream. I love this. This is just the best thing ever. So I think that if artists think of it as it's, and, and many of them have. So in, in fairness, you know, don't listen, don't worry about what the companies say. No offense to any of them. And they've got this and they've got that. They're all pretty much the same. Some of them have some really cool features, but what it really boils down to is, is the artist going to give you something special that you couldn't uh, see otherwise? You know, Billie Eilish, for example, you know, when you, um, I watched that, not the recent one, but the first big one during the, and you know, there was all this um, augmented reality. And so she's singing a song in the middle of a tank of fish swimming, swimming around her and, you know, flying through the sky, et cetera. They used it just enough, not too much, just enough that I thought, this is fun. And I'm seeing something that I couldn't see or wouldn't see if I went to see in a concert. So, it's really about whether the artist is willing and, and their team are willing to put together something that's special. You know, we did a Charlie XCX and she's very scripted, et cetera, but she created rooms in, in the studio and each song was a different environment and her fans just love that. And she did, they, you know, there was a, um, uh, a contest where we had the winners come in early and she surprised them all by jumping into the chat with them. I mean, that's the stuff that, it's not a ton of work, it's just creativity. And that doesn't matter, no offense to any of the platform, what platform you're on, that's the art. Exactly, I mean, basically what we were saying is, you know, you have to take advantage of what live streaming and the internet allows you to do that you can't do ever in a live concert venue. And, you know, we, we know that live shows are for the most part very well choreographed, planned out. I mean, and I'm not choreographed in the sense of dance moves, but right. you know, the show is timed out. You know, they know when stuff is supposed to happen, and yeah. and it's all about keeping the energy, controlling the energy of yeah. the audience, and never having that quiet moment because oh my god, the guitar string broke, and now it's dead silence, and the energy goes down that's less of a concern in a live streaming world because energy does not come through right. the screen the way it right. does when you're in a venue. So yeah. to your point, you can just stop mid song in, in a live stream and go, well, let me tell you, I just remembered this great story of, you that's know, when right. we first wrote this song and they, they break the, they stop the song literally for, three minutes to tell a story and then they continue playing it that could never happen in a venue we, we had this we had this indie rapper kosha dills who had people put words in the chat and then freestyle rap the words that they were throwing into the chat people exactly. just loved it we had there was i cannot remember who it was since the the chorus was super simple like you know hell yes or something like that you know sing along with me and they were people were typing hell yes frantically into the chat they weren't singing along but they they were engaged at that moment but that was because all of those things were because the artist had a sense of and took the time to do it you know we it, it, literally the ones who would you know some of them were smart enough to have a uh, and actually, we started doing this on this. We, you know, for a while we had a studio in uh, in LA. We'd actually put a big screen in front of them where they could see the chat. And some of them would have the sense to stop for a minute and, and go, "Hey, hey, you're right. I haven't been to Toledo in years." And people love that. You know, yeah. they just and that would never happen in a live show, and, right. and wouldn't even happen at a meet and greet, frankly. So, well, you know, one one of the and I can't remember who the company was. We had them on as a guest months in the last year at some point, but I almost feel like the innovation has to come in the live streaming world, not for the artists, but for the fans. Meaning, how do you allow a fan to just simply scream at the top of their lungs and applaud at a moment during a live stream and let the artist hear that? Right, that's right. Absorb that, take that in. Because that's that that that's that connection, that feedback that comes from a show. And, you know, 
yeah, you know, on Facebook, you can, you know, you can hit the thumbs up button and you can see them, but that's not the same as when they play your favorite song and you jump up and you're like, you know, how yeah, does the artist get to experience that? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, like some for a while, a couple of them were doing uh, the, these platforms who were putting screens behind the artist or yes. with uh, like, let's say, 50 fans or whatever. I frankly, as not one of those 50 people, found that really distracting, you know, uh, so I, I didn't to totally love that. Some of the artists loved it because it at least gave them some sense of feedback. Microsoft for a minute had a platform that's done out of UK where you could hit an applause button and, and applauding hands would float up over the screen and the artist could see that so they could sort of see the intensity of applause. I mean, all that's a poor substitute. And look, you know, to your point, you know, yes, all this is going to have to change and we don't know what live music is going to be like. And yes, of course, some of it, you know, people are going to be more cautious about going to show shows, but it's not going to go away. Because there's some of the stuff that there's, I don't care who you are, you're not going to invent a technology that will, you know, give you the same visceral feeling as turning it to your left and turning to your right and realizing right. this is Very your tribe true. and they are loving this as much as you are. And I almost want to cry saying that, you know what I mean? I literally, I mean, because you know, those moments where you are your favorite Leonard Cohen, this side, yeah. I remember, you know, his comeback tour and sitting in the front row and thinking, you know, I am, I'm in the presence of greatness and I'm surrounded by my tribe. Yep. I couldn't do that anywhere but live. So. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're right. I mean, you know, th this will date us, but you know, I, I sit back and go, You'll never be able to create that moment when you pull out your Bic lighter and you just hold the Bic <laughs> exactly. lighter up. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, and, and to the artist, that's also an incredible moment to be on stage, if it's in front of 100 people or 10,000 people, to see all of these lighters. Now, again, today it's phone, phone screens yeah, yeah. being held up, but it's the same idea. You can't, you can't create that feeling. I, you know, right. I guess that's part of the problem with live streaming is that emotion, that feeling will never really be able to be connected between your screen and what the artist is able to see. In, in right. And, and during the pandemic, the live stream was the substitute for the live show. But now that the pandemic is over, the live stream has to be something different than the live show. Now, there are always going to be people who can't make it to the show, who don't live in a market, who are 21. I mean, there's like, you know, we forget about things like that, to whom the live stream is way better than nothing. But overall, you're right. It's got to be more than or different than the live show, not necessarily more, just entirely. Right. It's, 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 it's own it's, art form. It, it, exactly. It has, you know, yes, when, when the pandemic first hit, the logical first step was just turn a camera on me playing and I'll, I'll do that. But, you know, that has to quickly evolve because again, if that's all you do and you actually take the time to go back and watch your live stream, you should be able to sit back and go, wow, that was just quite a dead moment there. <laughs> you know, my, my, my stage wrap that I use in a normal show doesn't work in a live stream show. You have to come up with an entirely different conversation when you're that's talking right. to people through screens. Yeah. And, and that comes through rehearsals, and it comes from doing more and more live streams where you finally are sitting here going, okay, I got to change that. That just felt mm -hmm. awkward and uncomfortable. I mean, it's what a, any band does when they, they go through pre-productions and rehearsals for a tour. It just occurred to me, actually, that live streaming is sort of a combination of a live show, good live streaming, and social media. And yes. so you've got, to, you've got to be honest you've got to have a conversation with your with your audience you've got to be genuine and if you're doing that then the live stream will may, will probably work you don't do that live live you're trying to put on a show right in a live stream though most of them not all of them but in my opinion the most effective ones you are having a conversation with your audience whatever that means that's different for every band and in every situation but if you're having a conversation with your audience then i think you have a much better chance of connecting through the wire well and and to your point about the 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 large screen with the chat on it you can actually have a conversation directly to an individual fan in your audience right. you you right. can't you can't do that at Madison Square Garden. Right. I mean, right. you just kind of point in general, and everybody thinks you're pointing at them. And you might say, 
oh, hey, that person in the blue shirt. Yeah, go for it. You can't have that conversation. You can do that in a live stream. Hey, Bruce, haven't seen you in a while. It's great to see you again. We're coming to your town in, you know, the next six months, you know. And the fans love that, even if you're not Bruce, you know what I right. mean? Because that because they're talking to somebody, they're real at that point. I mean, let's face it, we all love our artists because we feel they evoke some kind of emotion or thought or whatever within us. And if we feel that we're they're communicating with us as human beings, that's a that's a great moment. I mean, you know, you yep. love that. So before we, we wrap up here, let's get off of the downer and the depressing of COVID and tours not happening and everything else. What, what are you seeing in, in the music world, whether it's releases, marketing strategies, something somebody did that has you excited? What, what, what are you, uh, what are you smiling well, I mean, about? I, 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 it's interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Kanye West fan, not because I think one way or the other about his music. I, I, I do think he's a talented musician, but I just have trouble abiding by all of, you know, his, his uh, public insanity for, for, pardon me. But I, it, interestingly, over the last couple of days, I've started to think that this whole Donda, you know, release, uh, train wreck really has there's a lot of lessons that we can learn in that in terms of thinking about well you guys talk about all this time you know not a release is not just release day it's all the things you do getting up to the release to keep get people excited about it and if you look at the stuff that he's done and try and take it out of the you know realm of whatever's going on in his rather overactive brain you know he's he's connecting with his audience he's teasing them with pieces of music he's saying get engaged he's saying pay attention because i may drop this tomorrow i may drop this next month i mean you know i think i i find that really fascinating i think you know i'm always trying to a long time ago somebody told me to be a student of the music business and back at that time he meant you know read all the billboard charts even if you don't like jazz because if you're in a conversation and somebody says mccoy tyner you better know who the hell that is what I, what that means to me now is what's working and, and over the last decade or more what's working and what's not working and so when i see something always i see something i think well is it working in the way it was intended to and how can it translate to the right. average artist the yes, one that exactly. has a 400 what can i market. what can i learn and take away from it exactly right and and you guys teach that all the time you know to your clients i i'm sure and some of them here and some of them don't but but that's the one that, that's the most recent one that kind of excites me i love i i love watching what's going on and seeing you know how how can i translate that in, into like we're thinking, you know, we've thought about it as the agency through the whole pandemic is how do we take live stream for a while? It was how do we take live streams and, uh, you know, make have our help our artists make any money. Now we're thinking about how can it be an adjunct to a tour? A lot of times, frankly, right now, that means saying no, because a lot of these venues have in, invested in putting uh, cameras in their in their clubs. But if I'm on a 12 city tour and I'm not sure I'm going to sell out, I don't want to live stream every show. You know, I don't. Right. So it's you don't, you don't want to give the, you don't want to give your audience another reason that they don't need to buy the ticket. Exactly right. That's well said. So uh, that's something, you know, I'm I'm paying a lot of attention to. And then the other thing that's, that's sort of interesting is and, and you know, this is where the work at Skyline and working with the artists and bands and all of it sort of comes together is I'm fascinated, I'm not fascinated, I'm, I'm obsessed with the idea of capturing the fan, the more casual, the, the direct contact with the more casual fan, the one, um, how do you make all of, how do you, how do you get that, grab that ticket information so that you can continue to converse with those fans after the show is over. Um, and there's some companies that are doing some interesting work in that and, and a lot of people are doing it, but but it's, it, it, frankly, it's as simple as saying, you want to know when my tickets go on sale, sign up here, <laughs> you know, and, and, and grabbing the email address that way. And, and you know what, if you, if, you, if you do that, not only will I send you an email that tells you when you can buy tickets, but I will send you, uh, um, after the show, I'll send you a free download of, a live download of the show or something that costs you absolutely nothing. Because we also know, I mean, you, you know this, that fans that buy tickets early are also evangelists for the show. So, you know, what am I interested in? I'm interested in how to sell more tickets. 
um, and and how you connect with the fans to do that. So. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there you go. My okay. my actually in the midst of your conversation there, my Zoom relaunched the meeting all on its own. I don't know. I, for me too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Zoom here, but welcome welcome to the 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 perils you deal with in live streaming people. That's right. <laughs> um it comes down to fan data, you know, and we right. don't have to go into this a whole deep discussion, but I was having a conversation with a number of people in the industry yesterday and I was just like you would be surprised at the vast number of artists who have no fan data. None. You know, it's like you asked, do you have an email list? No, we're a band that's been around 40 years and we've never built an email list, you know? And, and I'm like, well, let's start now. It's never too late, but that that's what it comes down to is you've got to have your fan data so you can communicate and connect to your fans and tell them what's going on. I mean, I still run into artists that don't have a website. They just live on social media. And I'm like, right. you know, that, we, we can talk about that for six hours of why that's not the smart thing to do, but that's what we're dealing with in this world is, is artists that, you know, should be focused on their music and their performance, but you can't forget about all this other stuff because all this other stuff that's not fun to you, the musician actually is what's going to allow you to continue to be a musician. Right. right in the long, long run here. And, and I guess the last thing I'd want to wrap up and say is, you know, Jay and I are big fans of this. You are as well. It's all about the experience. That's all it comes down to. It's the experience the fan goes through. And that experience doesn't necessarily have to be a thousand dollar meet and greet photo with the band it could be the experience of getting called out in a chat room by your name. And that's it. Absolutely. It could be, how do you create an exciting experience in advance of your album being released? What Kanye is, is doing and what mm -hmm. many of these artists do. It's like, how do you go back to creating the excitement and the anticipation that a fan goes through to get that album when it's coming out and, and the experience that they feel. You know, that that we know that's been taken away by the Internet for the most part. The the albums, you know, we've all been there every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I used to walk down to Tower Records and stroll the aisles because I knew that was when the new releases were coming. And you'd see some great point of purchase displays and posters and everything else. And you'd be like, oh, wow, that caught my eye. And that's gone. But you have the ability to create a new experience. It just means you're going to have to think and you're going right. to have to work. You might have to do something that's never been done before. And the first time you do it, it may not be a home run, but the second, third, fourth time you keep trying it, it gets better, better, and better. And to your point, watch what other artists are doing. Even artists that are not in your genre and your style and it's, I mean, don't, not even artists. Watch what movies are doing, TV Correct. shows are yes. doing, books, authors. Yes. Can you steal a little tactic from them? I mean, there's nothing wrong with stealing somebody else's idea. I mean, that that's all this marketing is all about that. Yeah, I, I like to say uh, to the kids at Berkeley, find three acts that are two steps above you that you think do a great job and just follow them like, like, you know, obsessively learn from them, just copy yeah. everything that you can. And, uh, and I find that that works really Ste well. And I always say step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And then do more of what works and less of what doesn't. That's, that's my well, other magic. That, 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 that's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, one of the beauties of the internet and social media is you can get a pretty good idea of what works and doesn't work pretty quickly. Yeah. There's so many numbers behind the scenes to tell you how many clicked and how many liked and how many shared. And I mean, you can just read the comments and go, are these favorable comments or are these negative comments? But don't tune out the negative comments because the negative right. comments might say, man, this would have been, this sucked. It would have been so much better if you did A, B, and C. You can sit back and go, gee, could we really do A, B, and C next time? Right. You can learn from that stuff. Exactly. Awesome. Um, Bruce, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. And it's, it, today was especially pleasurable because we got your, your insight from somebody who's 
actually in the trenches of dealing with this touring mess that we are unfortunately in. you're very right i am in the trenches you're so. in the trenches <laughs> you know and 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 all we can sit back and go is boy let's hope 2022 is finally what 2021 was supposed to be exactly you know i would i i'm i'm always the optimist i'd like to think that you know by january by spring of next year yes but you know we said that in 2020 as well so I would end it with, you know, if you're a fan of music, do your part to help music and the business and the bands you love come back because, you know, that might mean you may not be a fan of wearing masks, but you know what? Right. Do it because your band needs you to do it in order Correct. for them to tour. Very Because well if said. they can't, if they can't tour, they may not be here as a band next year I, you probably know better than i but there's probably a lot of bands that are on the cliff of we just can't exist anymore we can't do it yeah that's year. true and i'll tell you that in a normal year a band make most bands not particularly not the hit bands make between 60 and more like 70 or 80 percent of their income from touring live and selling merch touring live you know the the and vip so ancillary to live and if that's gone, you can only survive so long. Yep. Yep. Well yep. 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 So do your part to support these bands that you love. If you want them to keep making music, keep touring, you just want them to stay together and not become, I'm, I, you know, I've heard this at least from the cruise side of things. There's a lot of band crew members that are now realtors, yeah. you know, oh, absolutely. You know they, they, they've left the business completely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. left it. And, you know, doesn't take much for an artist to do the same thing. This is all I know how to do. So we better figure this out. Yeah. Know? Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Bruce, once again, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. It was a real take pleasure. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Just want to give a huge shout out and thanks to Bruce for coming back, joining us this week on the Music Biz Weekly podcast. Um, of course, check out HypeBot.com, check out BandsInTown.com, and uh, of course, Skyline, Bruce's booking agency as well. So before we wrap up for today, just a quick shout out to bandzoogle.com and discmakers.com thank you for your continued sponsorship if you're interested in reaching our listeners send us a message and we'll be happy to chat with you on how to bring you on board to become a sponsor of the music biz weekly podcast if you are watching or listening on youtube hit that subscribe button follow us on spotify subscribe on itunes we appreciate it so much that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week.